Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to call to order the Special Transportation Land Use Committee meeting uh, for Wednesday, December 13th to order. Uh, needless to say, the only item on our agenda is an action item, ZMAP 2017-0003, ZMOD 2017-0011, and minor special exception 2017-0020 true north data and this is in the Catoctin district mr barney if you'd like to give us an update being madam chair um, for tonight's meeting we just wanted to highlight um, the four issues that remain outstanding with the exception of land use and those issues are building design and screening open space tree conservation and natural heritage resources and so I just wanted to introduce those issues to frame tonight's discussion. Happy to provide more detail on any of those. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Barney, it's my understanding that you all have uh, been meeting with the applicant and that the applicant has already uh, provided some uh, proposed changes that they would like to uh, go ahead and present to us. So I'm gonna turn it over to the applicant um, and I know the applicant also met with several members of the board as well to get their input, which I'm very appreciative. Ms. Gillis? Thank you. No, we appreciate the opportunity to meet with the members of the board who uh, made time for us and, and uh, appreciated the additional feedback that we got from other members of the board who gave us feedback subsequent to last Tuesday's uh, business meeting. Just uh, thought we would highlight the changes that we've made so far in response to comments and, and questions from, from board members. One, we increased the scholarship, uh, the STEM scholarship from 20,000 to 50,000 um, and, uh, and have so that that scholarship can be made not just over four years, it can be made over 10 years. We're, we're happy about that. Um, open space, uh, we've updated the acreage of the property and uh, two and a half acres of the property was given for the widening of Sicklin Road, uh, given over to the Commonwealth a number of years back. The size of the property is not 105 acres, it's 103 acres and we've increased. Additionally, we have increased by a little bit more than an acre of the property, increasing the amount of open space, bringing our open space total from what we, what we were at last Tuesday at 60, just to shy of 60 to 62%. We were also asked to cap the height of the buildings adjacent to Sicklin Road at 27 feet, and we have agreed to do that. We were also asked to proffer to the specific elevations uh, facing Sicklin Road, and that is what this sheet uh, demonstrates. And we are, we are proffering to these elevations adjacent to Sicklin Road, facing Sicklin Road. It's important to really focus just on the, the top um, elevation because that's the front. That's the elevation that will face Sickle and Road. These others um, will demonstrate, you know, they go into a little bit more detail. This is a half section of what you see up top, um, but these are the, the side and the rears um, of those, those elevations. We're also asked to proffer to the design elements that are demonstrated here and to actually proffer to what those will be. So for phase one, we're proffering to each of those buildings demonstrating four of the six uh, design elements set forth in the data center performance standards, the first being a change in building height, second being building step-backs step back, step or recesses, third, fenestration, and fourth, a change in building color or texture, which brings me to another change that's not reflected here, but we've agreed to, to make. Um, Supervisor Bona asked for us to make this building look a little bit more natural in the context uh, of the surrounding properties and to soften the gray and create, uh, as opposed to it being so 
So concrete looking to soften it and make it more earth tones. And so we're looking at doing that so that the, the, the entirety of the building, while there will be changes in color, that it, will, that it will blend a little bit better. And we're working with our architect now on that. Fifth, we were asked, um, we've, we've already proffered on the, the left side of the screen to a type three buffer ordinance, that's uh, type three buffer per the ordinance. Uh, we've also, when working with the Planning Commission and staff to date, we've agreed to supplement that Type 3 buffer adjacent to Sicklin Road with additional evergreen trees. And then the Planning Commission also asked along Sicklin Road for us to replace the canopy trees with evergreen trees. We understand from staff that there was still a little bit of a disconnect from them to be able to visualize and to understand exactly what that's going to look like. And so we've agreed to put this down in a landscape plan and we're in the process of creating that plan and, and presenting that to staff so that they have a better graphical understanding of where that landscaping will be. The last thing is, is that in conversations with a number of board members, the concern was the entrance. We've done, a, I think everybody would agree that with the berming and the additional landscaping and the screening all along Sicklin Road, that, that, that that this was not going to be a very visible facade. Um, these facades were not going to be very visible for the people traveling at speed at 45 miles per hour down Sicklin Road. The question was, for the two seconds, literally two seconds, it's not an exaggeration or a euphemism, less than two seconds when you're passing the direct entrance on Sicklin Road, what would be visible and what would be seen? Um, the concern was, can we do a little bit better job of screening that? And so we've agreed to put corner accent trees at the corner of the buildings closest to the entrance, and then additionally create four, plant four additional entrance trees back behind the buffer but closer to the buildings to further screen that entrance um, from Sicklin Road. So this is uh, just a very crude and rudimentary graphical representation of what those additional entrance plantings will look like. You can see that there will be four on this side, four on this side, and then the two that would be planted on the corner so that as somebody's dri driving north, excuse me, south or north on Sicklin Road, that that view back into that building the, to see the buildings will be therefore even further obscured um, from, from just a straight shot back to see it. So, um, so we're, we're proud about, about that. We have some additional information, should it be requested by the Transportation Land Use Committee, about the elevations of the buildings adjacent to the Greenway. There were some questions about how visible those would be. It's a 32-foot drop from the elevation of the Greenway to the finished floor elevation of the buildings closest to the Greenway. So with that, I'm happy to answer any questions and, um, and work with the Transportation Land Use Committee to, to get this onto the board. All right, thank you very much. Uh, any questions? Yes, that quiz. Um, of course, Madam Chair. Any other questions? Uh, how about Madam Chair and then Supervisor Higgins? No, that's fine. He can, because I'm not, I'm, I just, I'm not even. Okay, Supervisor Higgins. Um, I got a couple of questions. Uh, with regards to the current zoning that's there in this area, the requirement is for 70% um, open space. Is that, space. is that correct? Is that why staff is calling for that? Uh, the zoning does, um, would require 70% open space in this area, and uh, we're calling for it because it's a uh, comp plan policy in the this subdistrict, the transition policy area. Right, and the um, applicant has proffered 62%, but that doesn't comply with any other use that would be approved in here. Um, so why would we 
allow this use to have less open space than any other use? That would be a policy issue for the board. That would be the decision of the board. So then the board would overrun its own policy. Uh, I mean, each, uh, uh, each policy you have before um, in, your com in your comprehensive plan, you, you all need to decide whether or not uh, each case uh, meets that policy or if you're willing to, to adjust uh, and provide something different. So that would be a board decision to discuss that since but it's not an ordinance requirement um, for the zoning district they're going into, but you, you all as a board would need to decide whether or not you feel comfortable that is, with that. That is the policy. Currently. That is the policy of the plan right now. Um, I guess another question I have with regards to this, if Goose Creek is not an adequate um, buffer and the whatever it is, four, six hundred feet of the greenway is not an adequate buffer, if this uh, facility is approved, what would be considered an adequate buffer to um, prohibit the growth of these one right after the other all the way up? Uh, that area. Again, it's kind of the same where we presented the policy and the current policy. I'm not trying to provide you a non-answer. Just that's certainly a question for you. I think last time when we looked at the uh, planning area to the north of the Greenway, it was several factors that lent itself to its uniqueness. Uh, the southern boundary of that policy change was the Greenway. And so here, presumably, the, the boundary would be Sicklin Road. Uh, but each, as, as Mr. Uh, as uh, Mr. Rogers has said in the past, each, each case is its own precedent. So if the, the board was to support it or not to support it, it would be very specific as to why this may or may not be appropriate. Well, but how if a road that, I don't know how wide the right-of-way is for the um, mm -hmm. greenway is, it's got to be four or five, six hundred feet, right? Um, mm -hmm. If a four or five, six hundred foot road is not an adequate buffer, how is an 18 foot road going to be an adequate buffer? That would have to be a decision. What we've done now is absent of the, the plan land use question, well, we've, we've encouraged the applicant to do address as many of the other policies as possible. And majority of that has been tried to be achieved through the design, layout, and the landscaping. And that's what we've brought forward to you. So uh, we don't have an answer to you as to what would be the appropriate. We just simply relate to you what the policies are today. Um, um, there's been a lot of talk about the revenue to be generated here. Uh, the question I have, and I think Buddy answered the other night, regarding um, the other sites in the county that were appropriately zoned for this uh, type of use, I think he said there are 42 other sites. Is that correct? Um, sir, if we could have Mr. Riser come up, and that would be helpful if he has an answer for that. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't see him out there. Good evening. Uh, we were at, uh, we had identified 43 parcels as of almost a year ago. Today there's about 20 parcels left uh, and only two that are large enough for this, uh, this development left. Well, but I'm, I'm not talking about large enough for this development. I'm talking about zoned for data centers. So there are how many left? 20? 21, I believe. 21. And are those, I guess, what number of those parcels are in an area that is uh, one of our tax districts, either the Metro Tax District or the Route 28 Tax District, where additional revenue would be gathered because of the location. 
I would say a majority of them, but not all of them are. So the majority of them. So yeah. by building this data center here, we're actually foregoing revenue rather than enhancing revenue because if this could be put in one of those sites, the revenue would be higher, correct? Theoretically, yes, sir. Theoretically. Not theoretically, actually, because if it's located there, they're going to pay. If they were able to identify and acquire a site for this project. So that, that argument isn't... Um, Unless there was none of those sites, then you would look at some other site, I would assume. Um, my uh, concern, I met with the applicant yesterday and talked about a number of the things that, that they mentioned. Uh, my major concern is, beyond the fact of the location of it, is um, being able to see it. And, uh, you know, I would like to see it come into compliance with the 70% that's required in the zoning area. And then I'd like to see additional buffer. And I went by there today and took pictures when I went by there twice on the way to work and on the way home. And, um, you know, it's going to be a tough job to try and hide that thing because of the topography of the land down the bowl. And I know there's some trees along the greenway, but there's also a lot of holes in those trees as well. And... Um, I'm wondering about that, and I'm concerned about what's going to go on on Sicklin Road. My understanding, and I would ask staff this, with regards to a Type 3 buffer, is that what we're talking about here now? Along the Greenway? Yeah. A Type 3 buffer is what would be required, yes. It's, pardon me? Yes, a Type 3 front yard buffer would be required along the Greenway. The applicant could take credit for... Um, some of the existing vegetation that they'll be preserving. What about along Sicklin Road? Uh, it's the, the same buffer, Type 3 buffer. Uh, the applicant has uh, a modification request to replace the required canopy trees at evergreen trees and uh, provide supplemental evergreen trees at a, a rate of um, uh, five trees per 100 feet. Uh, Supervisor Higgins, just a point of order. We knew we were going to be on a tight time schedule and we're running the three-minute clock. I know this is in your district, but if you could finish up with your questions so that we can all make sure we get through this and not delay, you know, the public hearing later this evening. Thank you. Uh, I was not aware we were running a clock. We haven't in the past. Then my, then my time is up. Madam Chair. It is true. We have never run a time frame until a clock on in, in a subcommittee meeting because it, the subcommittee meetings are where we need to get all of our questions answered so that we can make better decisions when we get to the full board. And it's hard to do that in three minutes, uh, the time frame or not. But I'll go through some questions, and I hope I have some time to answer some more questions, ask some more questions. First, um, there's going to be a wood turtle relocation, correct? We're going to comply with the wood turtle relocation recommendation. No wood turtles have been found on site or even within a two-mile radius um, of the sites, but we are saying if we do find one, we're, we're participating in the wood turtle relocation program. Tell me about that. And, well, I'm going to ask you to tell me about that because I've done lots of research, and they don't relocate well. They don't relocate out of their habitat well. They're an endangered species, and so having them relocate is hard. Hold on. I have a lot more questions, and I'm sure my questions alone would take up three minutes. Okay. I also want to know, and this may be a question for Mr. Rogers or another time, if the applicant would be willing to talk something different about the scholarship, which is the one-time scholarship of $20,000, that to me, for the, for the, it, it, what, what, what was the answer to that? 
Is it one time for $20,000? It's, it's been increased to $50,000 uh, one time so that the county can hold on to it, get the interest from it, disperse it as yeah, it I would rather, I would much rather see an ongoing scholarship for $5,000 a year. We're going through, how long is the lease on this building? How long are you going to be here? How do you expect? How long do you expect we're we're acquiring the property. How so. long do you expect to be on this land? For some time. I don't, some we don't time. have so a, I think a, I think an ongoing scholarship is going to actually yield more money. And since we're so concerned about our students, an uh, ongoing scholarship of $5,000 a year would make a whole lot more sense to me. Um, next, the data center question Mr. Higgins was asking, and I'm not sure we can get this question right now. I'll ask Mr. Reiser to maybe talk, think about this. Is we have 21 data center sites left. Do we have any idea how much money, that, how much revenue uh, those would generate? That's another question I would have. Now let's go to a couple of things in the, um, in, uh, in the item. Um, these are uh, fuel storage tanks are, are, and generators are classified as hot spots. Would those be on site? You're mistaken. They're not classified as hot spots. Will, to, will we have any diesel fuel generators on site? Yes. We will. Um, and do, do, what do you have in place for, in case of a spill or rupture of those? And what is the proximity to the reservoir of the diesel fuel generators? And what kind of travel time would it take if there was a rupture for, for diesel fuel to hit the reservoir? That's one question. I don't think we've actually addressed that at all. And I would definitely like to have that addressed. Um, I also want to talk a little about the impervious uh, impervious um, area. Um, when 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 we've run some different numbers, um, I do not agree any longer that there would be more that there's less impervious area for this data center than there are for ten homes. In fact, when you run the numbers, um, it is quite different. And since I'm on I'm out of time, it's hard to talk about that. But I'd like some time to go through that. I also want to talk about the best managed practices as it comes to stormwater guidelines because I have, I have quite a few questions on that issue um, that haven't um, been um, uh, yet been addressed. But my time is up, so we can either answer those now or come back to them later. Scholarship. Uh, yes. Mr. Brown and I rewrote that scholarship provision uh, with the help of the applicant and it's a one-time payment to the county of 50000 and we wanted to have a definite trigger date when the county would receive that money. The county would get that money and then has, will have 10 years in which to make scholarship payments. So it's truly up to the board if you wanted to do it all in one, at one time or make $5,000 appropriations. I think the most important part of that is it gives a definite time when the scholarship payment has to be received by the county the, count, the money is then kept by the county, collects interest, and the Board of Supervisors has the discretion as to how to approach it. Ms. may I ask follow-up questions? Yes, of course. Would it be kept by the county or by the school board? It would by be the kept education? by the county. The, the and can we not do the same thing and make the same arrangements if it was 5000 a year versus one time? Can we not have a, 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 an exact date that it would come in? And what, what, can't we put all those same stipulations if, if the scholarship was? Because truthfully, even $50,000, 5000 a year would yield much more money for our kids. Uh, it would be 50000 so you would have more money by having that payment up front based on a time value of money so that the money would be kept in an account. So the county would have it. The problem with one payment over 10 years is that the proffers need triggers. I'm not saying one payment, payment over 10 years. I'm saying $5,000 every year. The, the board has that ability to allocate 5000 a year. 
up to fifty thousand dollars. Up to fifty. I'm saying five thousand dollars a year while they while they while they exist. Um, that's what that's what I'm saying. That that is not what's being proffered. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not what's being proffered exactly. But that is that would be the discussion I want to have because if the goal is to get money for our students, then that would yield more money in the end, unless they're going to be terminating much faster than I think they assume that they assume they will. That is my that is my goal. Understood. Thank you. Um, Supervisor Meyer. Thank you, Madam Chair. I think with 50000 the county could probably create an annuity for 2000 pretty indefinitely with the time value added of money, something around that. Um, my question uh, has to do more with the specifics of what we're negotiating. I think so, so far the questions have to do more with arguing sort of against the case rather than trying to make it better. So I want to steer it back to actual practical things we can do to make this application Better And I think actually Supervisor Bona's meeting seems to have yielded some fruit, so I actually have to apologize to him for what I said at the last meeting because uh, I want to start with talking about design standards. Uh, we hadn't really talked all that much about design standards in our negotiations. We talked mostly about Sicklin Road, the, the tree wall, the trees along the greenway, proffering the water system, uh, and the open space in, in, uh, increase. And you, did, you were able to increase the open space a little bit more, I could see, and certainly the more the better. I agree with the comments that have been made generally, the more the better. Um, when it comes to design, can we get a little bit more into what you mean or what you what, what sort of in writing for what we're going to get for design requirements, especially along Cyclin? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the ordinance, the data center, or I should say the data center performance standards, 5.664, provide that all data centers have to comply with one of six data center standards, and I can I can replicate yeah. the language. Well, I really particularly, I'll just be honest with you, the current standards from 2015 don't really do it for me, and I know they don't do it for supervisor bonus, certainly in this case and other cases. So what, what on top of the current standards are we seeing? So I, my point is, is, is that under the current standards, you would comply with two. Right. We're proffering to do three across the entirety of the site. Okay. And in the location that's fronting Sicklin, where it's got the greatest visibility, you're going to get a building that looks like what it is at the top, and those are those those are incorporating those four design standards plus the additional buffering plus the additional screening and we're saying that all of the buildings in phase one even though you won't be able to see the ones that are in the interior of the site we're going to do the four standards so to, to be clear I understand right, yeah I got it we're doubling the requirements that are currently existing and then for them. color in particular you also said something to supervisor bone along those lines as right. well right we, he, Getting he asked away us, from gray and cement look and more towards a natural or suburb, more suburban look. Uh, his words weren't suburban. His words were natural. Um, but but we're going to, that gray, we're going to replace that with an earth tone of some sort. Yeah, we, just we certainly don't to want do any suburban look from, from this. I agree with that. Uh, so with 24 seconds I have left. I, so with the buy right use there uh, with the homes, would any turtles be saved if they happen to find, if they happen to stumble upon a wood turtle on the site? I have no idea. I would. I don't think that they're required to relocate no. them at all. I think they would just destroy their habitat. Whereas we're preserving, you all are preserving a huge chunk along Goose Creek where they're most likely located anyway. So if you find them in the area that you're leaving as open space, you're not going to relocate them, correct? Okay. Thank you. Supervisor Olmstead. Thank. Thank you. Um, thanks to the applicant for being here tonight. Um, two, two areas of questions, um, and these relate to Goose Creek, 
um, the land that you're dedicating to the park system for public access. And then um, I got to do a tour of Kinkora uh, within the last couple of days, and they have 40 heron nests in various trees. Mm-hmm. Are you able to, so one question, are you able to preserve trees that might serve as locations for heron nests? And secondly, um, are you able to take sufficient measures, and this Colleen could be for you or it could be for Ricky and his staff, to um, protect Goose Creek from either uh, fuel entering into the creek um, or uh, runoff? And I know you've discussed that before, but I'd just like to give you a chance to go over both of those again. Got it. So with regard to with regard to any sort of spill, runoff, et cetera, we've obviously got the BMPs, which um, I didn't cover in this presentation, but we've now additionally proffered to, at the request of Supervisor Meyer, exactly what the steps are that we're utilizing to, and BMP is a best management practice. It serves to improve the water quality before it runs off into the, to the goose, or, the, or in another case, maybe a general floodplain, or somehow disperses from the site. And we've said, um, and proffered to a bioretention facility, sheet flow to vegetated buffers. So those vegetated buffers, the roots, you know, obviously purify the water um, or any of the runoff. Underground vaults, that underground vault traps the water, holds it there before it, it, it runs off. Um, runs out into the ground with isolator rows as necessary and bay filters. Each and every one of these steps is is something that will take whatever liquid is there and, and purify it before it runs out. I will say, just to point of clarification from what Chair Randall mentioned earlier, um, I understand that there may have been some mis- some confusion about we weren't saying that this was less impervious surface than a buy right plan. What we were saying is is that the compliance with the state stormwater regulations and the commitment to the BMP measures creates a creates a better condition for the stormwater and the storm runoff than had it been developed with a under a buy right condition. We were not making an the the apples to apples comparison was not impervious to impervious. It was it was the storm storm runoff situation. Uh, with regard to the trees, I will let uh, our consultant from WSSI. Hi, my name is Lauren Connor. I'm an environmental scientist and a regulatory specialist with Wetland Studies. And we've studied this site for the last 10 years. And um, the I, for heron rookeries, the trees that are large enough to support any potential nests and rookeries would only be located along the floodplain of Goose Creek. And that will be preserved. What we're finding is that a lot of the trees... Um, in the majority of the site, either are fence rows from old agricultural fields, or they're a mixed oak, hickory, hardwood forest that do not have trees old enough, <coughs> excuse me, or that were allowed to get large enough through the natural progression um, for heron rookeries. If I may, may I comment on the wood turtle question that Supervisor Randall had posed? Uh, for the wood turtle, we only found potential habitat within the floodplain of Goose Creek, which is will be buffered. Um, in addition, the proffer that the applicant has included in their package. Um, that is something that we have helped other programs and other projects um, get underway with in this portion of Loudoun County, um, in particular Loudoun Water. Um, we have studied Goose Creek itself, and we have never found wood turtles. Um, although there are potential, potentially suitable habitat conditions within Goose Creek, what we found is with the higher sediment load of Goose Creek, uh, we feel it's not optimal habitat. 
Um, in addition, in the seven years that we've been working there that I, I personally have been conducting wood turtle surveys, we've only found one site, and that was in Fairfax County, where we found wood turtles. Thank you. And then with respect to the uh, generators, Madam Chairman, um, and the fuel tanks, so those are double-walled steel tanks. So there's a tank within a tank. They almost never leak. They're in industrial applications throughout the world and very rarely leak. We have 24-7 monitoring, full-time, 100% monitoring that ties into our building system where there's a full-time engineer monitoring it as they're monitoring the data center. So in the unlikely event there is a leak, they will know about it immediately. That leak will then go into the second empty tank that surrounds the original tank. In the very unlikely event, that leaks out of that complete entrapment. Um, again, there's monitoring that lets them know. There are um, ma maintenance and management programs in place. They constantly maintain these things on a continuous basis. There are emergency procedures in place that everyone on staff on site knows how to follow to address it internally immediately. And also, if there needs to be a you know, fire team, et cetera, called in, that's fine. And then as we've stated on the site, there's really a ridge between our buildings and the goose. So the water, you know, for the vast majority of the site, it would have to flow uphill to even get to the goose. So. Um, that's the bottom line uh, explanation of the generators. Okay, thank you. Um, Supervisor Olmstead, your light is on. Do you have another question? No, no, I meant to. Okay. Uh, any additional questions regarding uh, staff or the discussion with the applicant? Madam Chair? So, Ms. Gillis, are you now saying that this site would not be would be more impervious than if it was a by right use? Are you now saying that? Because that is not what you said in your presentation. If, if I said that it was my point in the presentation, if I misspoke as quickly as I was speaking, it was not a, the slide did not. Wait, wait, I need to answer my question. Well, I don't know that I ever made that comparison, okay, but the I, point the, is the, the footprint is, is larger, we would expect, than a by right. We were saying that the BMPs, the stormwater treatment was better. Do you expect this to be more impervious or less impervious than if it was a by right use? Likely more. Yeah. Likely more impervious. Thank you. That is helpful to have that um, clear answer. You know, one of my favorite movies is Jurassic Park. And there's a moment in Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldberg says, the kind of control you're attempting here is not realistic. I kind of feel like this right now. The kind of control you're attempting here is not realistic. And if we have negative consequences, it's not, it's, it's the citizens of Loudoun who are going to actually suffer. Um, so can you go through the, um, um, the best management plans one more time of um, the pollutant levels? Can you do that one more time for me? Sure. Sure. This is, um, this is proffer 7H in the proffers. And it says, the owner shall provide the following on-site BMP measures or equivalent facilities approved by the director of the Department of Building and Development for all phase one buildings on the property a bioretention facility, sheet flow to vegetative buffers, underground vaults with isolator rows as necessary, and bay filters. And for phase two buildings, the owner shall select and provide on-site BMP measures for the phase two buildings that shall meet or exceed the applicable performance standards as set forth in the facility standards manuals, facility standard manual in effect as the date of the applicable site plan approval. And you're saying that the grading will, it's not going to be grading that would be, that would take something downstream? It's upstream. No, for a large, large portion of the site. There's obviously a part of the site where it does go downstream that's up towards Sicklin. Okay, so then, 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 then there's the some things that does go downstream. Of 
course. Okay, all right, because grading for development will, will, will we know that grading for development will, will direct more runoff um, um, of the on-site natural stream. We know that for a fact already, so <coughs> I just think having those complete, complete statements that, you know, before you said, you know, it, it would all be uphill, but now you're saying it wouldn't all be uphill. And, I, and I'm sorry for, for any confusion that I may be contributing to. I, we weren't talking about the directionality of it. We were talking about the treatment of the water and the condition as it runs off of our site. Okay. No, not, not making a statement about condition uh, directionality. Thank you. Okay, Supervisor Higgins, any additional questions, sir? Please. Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, just to clear something up, people could be talking about houses in here and townhouses. This property is currently zoned TR10, so it's 10 acres. It'll be 10 houses, that's it. We're not, it's not zoned for anything else. Other more intense uses have been turned down in the past. Uh, specifically, I met with um, Colleen yesterday for about an hour and a half, and the issues that we talked about were the height. I'd like to see the height capped at 27 feet. We talked about um, increasing the setbacks, um, particularly from Sicklin Road, and also the parking on that one large building on the Greenway, which comes almost right up to the Greenway, uh, or moving that parking to a different location. Uh, I also talked about the Type 3 buffer, and staff can correct me if I'm wrong, but we're talking about trees that are six feet tall, right? That is the minimum standard, yes. That's the standard. Okay, so six-foot tree is about a one-inch caliper, and that tree will actually provide coverage in about 25 years. I can show you the ones I've planted in my yard. Um, I would suggest that we have larger caliper trees if we're serious about um, concealing it. And I think it should be a mix, not just all evergreens. If you look on Evergreen Mill Road, is it Evergreen Mill Road? Yes, it is Evergreen Mill Road. Up by Heritage High School, um, there's a wall of, I don't know if they're arborvitaes or whatever, and it doesn't look natural. It looks like um, it's hiding something rather than a natural barrier. So I would suggest that we use uh, larger caliber trees, have a mix between evergreens and deciduous trees, and use trees that are, in fact, native trees that will do well in the area and, and not die. Uh, with all due respect to Mr. Bona, I also suggested that we do something about uh, the color of the building. Um, specifically, uh, there's an outfit in this county, they're probably not the only one that does digital camouflage, which is used by the military and others to hide things that they don't like to see, and I would suggest that we consider that as well. I see the list of things that the applicant has talked about based on these discussions. I appreciate that. My concern with that list is there's nothing specific in there yet, so I was wondering when we might see something more specific. We plan on turning the proffers as soon as we can. I mean, just the last two days have obviously been been a mad dash with meetings and, and preparing for this evening, but we anticipate turning these proffers very, very quickly. I don't remember sitting here what the deadline is to submit them to staff so that they can get them to Ron and Leo so that they can review them, but but we wanted to get the direction out of tonight and then move forward and move as quickly as we can to update our, do everything that we said we we're going to do tonight. I appreciate your dilemma. I, I too, tried to uh, convince the chair of the committee not to rush this meeting so we'd have more time to talk about these things, but she chose not to, so here we are. My time is up. Uh, thank you. And actually with this, what I'd like to do, because of course the motion that is in our packet, uh, you know, has things like conditions of approval dated October 1st, and 
proffer statement dated November the 30th. I think we've been through these things. Uh, I'd like us to take a 10 minute recess and staff to work with the applicant for a clean revised motion that would say, you know, for example, capping the front building height at 27 feet, going for a more natural earth tone building color, um, you know, so that when we have a motion for you all then to go off and make all of this correct, <laughs> you know, that we're capturing the elements that we need to capture. That's, you know, for example, that the applicant is proffering, say, the additional trees at the frontage and all of that. And of course, thank you from the county attorney's office that I already have the, um, you know, updated uh, findings for approval, which is one piece of it. Um, but that way, so you, the county attorney, and the applicant can actually work on, you know, codifying the things that would need to be in, say, the proffer statement, or if, you know, if there's an updated site plan that needs to be submitted or those type of things, that we capture all of that. So with that, we'll Madam recess Chair, for 10 minutes. Question? Thank you. Okay.
Maps Committee, forward ZMAP 2017-0003, ZMOD 2017-0011, SPMI-2017-0020, True North Data, to the January 18, 2018 Board of Supervisors Business Meeting for Action with a recommendation of approval subject to the proffer statement dated November 30, 2017 and the conditions of approval dated October 31, 2017 attached to the December 5, 2017 Board of Supervisors Business Meeting Action Item as such items need to be revised to include the following. One, a scholarship increase to $50,000 payable to the county. Two, minimum open space increase to 64 acres. Three, maximum height of buildings adjacent to Sicklin Road capped at 27 feet. Four, proffer to the elevations for the buildings adjacent to Sicklin as presented at the December 13th TLUC meeting with appropriate revisions to change gray to earth tones. Five, proffer to the specific four design elements presented at the December 13th TLUC meeting. Six, proffered landscape plan demonstrating the landscaping along Sicklin Road and the Greenway. Seven, proffer to additional entrance plannings as presented at the December 13th TLUC meeting and based on the findings of approval presented at the December 13th TLUC meeting. Is there a second? been moved and properly seconded um, on the motion. Uh, Supervisor Umstead, would you like an opening? Uh, I, I just believe that this uh, offers us an opportunity to open up uh, to the public a linear park along Goose Creek that is now inaccessible because it is held as in private hands. I believe this applicant uh, has taken extraordinary measures to protect the environment. Uh, and that includes um, the exceptional measures for the um, fuel on site, as well as the retention and slowing down of uh, any um, stormwater that runs from the property. I believe that those measures, um, especially the, uh, the, catch, the catch facility um, and uh, buffer to catch stormwater, would not be offered under by right development. I believe the applicant has taken extraordinary measures to preserve trees on the property. Um, I believe this will benefit the public and uh, generate approximately $22 million a year in additional revenue to the county, which having spent the last two weeks in, in uh, three schools in Leesburg, I believe we desperately need. Um, to um, deal with our overcrowding problems, our equipment in the classrooms that uh, includes computers that are 16 years old at least and sluggish at best, textbooks that are 15 years out of date. Uh, I think this is from an environmental and financial standpoint um, one of the probably the best data center application we've ever had in the county, and I appreciate the applicants willing to work with us on um, extraordinary buffering measures and design measures, and that's my statement. Thank you, Supervisor Umstead. Uh, Supervisor Higgins, then Chair Randall. Thank you, Madam Chair. I would offer what I believe to be a friendly amendment, modifying items two, three, and four, the maximum open space be increased to 70%. 
the maximum building height on all buildings be capped at 27 feet and that um, uh, and that's three, two, three, and then four, that all buildings have revisions to uh, gray earth tones or digital camouflage. I would offer that as an amendment. I would second that. I didn't say division, I was just coughing. Okay. Uh, so it's been moved to go to, uh, you said 70 percent, and then the maximum height of all of the buildings at 27 feet, and that all of the buildings be earth tone. Earth tone, gray, or uh, digital camouflage but, but we're actually, suggested to them. It was changing them from gray to look less industrial to earth tones. I understand. So you're saying I'm talking about but I'm trying to point the clarification that you would like all of the buildings to be earth tones. I would like all of the buildings to be earth tones that blend with the surrounding area okay, or just, digital camouflage. Okay, I'm just That's asking for the clarification. I thought you said gray or earth tones. Point of information, what is digital camouflage? It, it's it's um, a camouflage that the military uses on the side of buildings. If you um, go back and look at the AT&T proffer on that building on top of Short Hill, that's what they were talking about was digital camouflage to hide it. Um, you can use it on towers. You can use it on buildings. You can use it on whatever. Yeah. And uh, it is a method of painting it that makes it blend in better with the landscape or the uh, whatever it is behind. If it's behind the sky, it would be in front of the sky, it would be one color. If it was behind in front of landscape, it would, it would be that color. It, it Thank you. Varies. So the word camouflage is the key word there. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think a other point of inquiry uh, to staff, um, if we do, you said earth tones or this digital camouflage, <coughs> does that work in a proffer. It would just provide a choice for the applicant to choose uh, either one of those um, those three, so. Okay, um, just making sure. Uh, any discussion on the motion? Yes. Supervisor Meyer. Thank you. Um, Do I get to speak to my motion? Uh, please, an opening, sir, apologize. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I don't think these are um, unreasonable asks, considering the plan calls for 70% open space. And uh, if you cap the buildings at 27 feet, you have a much better chance of actually uh, hiding them, which we've all talked about wanting to do. And the coloring of the buildings would also aid in that as well, and or the use of um, digital camouflage. Okay. Supervisor Meyer. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, so, am I allowed? I'm allowed to direct questions to the applicant in this of period course. too. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, would you be willing to look at doing the color and the uh, design proffers for all of the buildings that front a road? So that'd be all of Sickland and all of the Greenway frontage. We're happy to. So the look color. So that's color. 
and design standards, the higher design standards, meeting the, all, the, all the qualifications, not just. The four? Yeah. yeah. The four, yes, we'll do the four on all yeah, of the Yeah, the four and the coloring for all of the greenway and all of, the, all of Sicklin. Um, so it looks like I got at least part of your amendment in there. The 70%, I would love to see. I just don't know if that even makes, what that even does to the site. And so I can't support your amendment, but I did get two of, I think we've added two for three with a voluntary proffer right there. So hopefully we can get somewhere. I don't know where that leaves your amendment um, as far as procedural, if, if the applicant's willing to do it. Um, so anyway, that's where, that's where I'm at. Okay, uh, Chair Randall. I, I appreciate Mr. Higgins' um, um, motion. I think especially since we now know that, um, that this will not give us, that this will give us more impervious land than if, than what, if it were by right use to have more open space is actually um, a very good idea. I need to know from the applicant, is digital camouflage something you all have done before or are willing to do or can do? We've never done it before. We got the contact information, appreciate it, from Supervisor Higgins yesterday. We just haven't had a conversation yet with the gentleman to talk about what it would cost and how to do it and whether it could be done for these. If it's an option, so we could do earth tones or the digital camouflage. We can need more time to have those conversations with, with whomever you're having them with. You guys want my clock. I don't know that it's a realistic option. We can certainly check into it. I think it's highly unlikely to be feasible. I think the color is more feasible and doable. I just don't know anything about the digital camouflage. So, okay, back to my question. Would you need more time to research that information? Like I said, it's, it's highly unlikely that we would do that. So I don't know that more time would be helpful. Okay, all right. Thank you. Um, and the ideal of... of um, the maximum heights of, of the building. What is your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that? Again, we are already, I, I know um, there's some questions about the cost of the site, but we were just going over the cost yesterday. So we're already so low on how much we can squeeze onto this building by trying to decrease the height across the site. It's not going to be economically feasible for us to do that. Um, so, and like we said, we have so much additional screening along those, you know, frontages that I just don't know that that's, you can't even really see the buildings in the interior. So I don't, we're committing to a lower height along Sicklin as a maximum 27 feet. Beyond that, it would be difficult for us to be and able finally, to Finally, let me ask you about the 70 um, acres of open space. That is not a feasible thing for us to do. So you're saying that none of the things Mr. Higgins just suggested are feasible? No, the color throughout is fine. But the color throughout, otherwise, paint. You're saying painting is feasible? Yes, and, and I can certainly check into digital. I just think it's, I don't understand or know what it is, so I don't think it's likely that we would be able to do that. So we're back to the, the previous question. You need more time to check into it. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I had our, our costs are so high. I, I just think up. it's extremely, well, I, I, I don't know that time is going to solve that. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, Chair Ropey. Point, point, point of clarification. That's why I asked the question. Supervisor Higgins' motion said the earth tones or the digital. So what they're saying is that they could already commit to the earth tones throughout. Okay, Ms. Bopi, we're in my time right now, so. I understand. Um, can you tell me when, when, when he says earth tones, would these buildings all be the same color or different earth tones in different buildings? We can do color variation, different earth tones. We do er different earth tones. In Similar to the elevation you saw with this gray and a different color, we could do two different earth tone colors instead of the gray. All right, thank you. 
Chair Bopi, may I say something? Yes. Uh, Mr. Rogers just informed me, uh, because this is not like a special exception that you're going to add conditions, the suggestions for um, the additional open space and building height, um, because it's, it would be a volunteer proper, the applicant would have to agree to that. So just to let you, you know that whereas what we did with the motion, we kind of repeated what the applicant was willing to do in the motion. So I just wanted to clarify. So, Supervisor Volpe, I'd make a point of order that the motion was out of order due to uh, legal, the legal restrictions where we uh, have to ask for proffers, not make a motion to demand them or whatever the motion was. I understand. Okay. Um, so, uh, Mr. Rogers, I'm assuming maybe we should just consider that withdrawn and, and I assume staff captured the fact that the applicant is willing to do the earth tone colors as Supervisor Meyer requested, that they have agreed to that. So is it appropriate then, in, in more so for us to have just asked, is the applicant willing to agree to you know, increase the number of acres of open space, for example, and they could say yes or no, right? That, is that what maybe would have been better to happen? Yes, just, just strategically in the way you're doing it. The proffer has to be voluntarily offered. We cannot impose a proffer. So what you would do is if what Mr. Higgins suggested on those items is very appropriate to ask the applicant. If the applicant says they can do that, then that would be something the board said we would consider that as an addition to the proffer. Uh, I think the, the color scheme would be one. If they indicated they will not do the 70% open space, then what I would say is you cannot make that as a proper demand. Okay, thank you. Madam Chair, there was, there was an additional one. So it wasn't just the color, it was also the four design standards, which were originally just offered along Sicklin, and then I asked for them to also be along the Greenway, any road frontage where it's visible from the road. And Thank they agreed to do that. Thank you, Supervisor. Just to be really clear, no, 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 I know. it's important. Madam and Chair. and staff, staff, I'm assuming, has captured both of those items. But I was trying to get that as an example, trying to confirm with, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers. Madam Chair, my, my motion included that all of the buildings would be 27 feet, not some of the buildings. And, and the applicant has already said they can't do that. That goes back to the... You can ask, but the proffer you can't just demand. Madam Chair, if I may. Yes. We are past 6 o'clock, and as advertised, our public hearing starts at 6 o'clock, and we have not even all spoke on the original motion yet, and if you would allow us to do that, that would be another 12 to 15 minutes, so we'd be at 6.20, and so um, I, I don't want to make a motion to adjourn, but I, I at this point we're into the time for, for, for public hearing, and so we're going to have to... I believe stop this special meeting so we can get to the meeting that has been advertised. Madam Chair, I'd call the question on the uh, original question. It's been moved and properly seconded to call the question, which means we would go to the vote on the original motion as it was put forward by Supervisor Umstead, as was uh, happily friendly amended uh, to include the road frontage on both uh, Sicklin Road and point of order, Madam uh, Chair. Excuse me, can I at least finish the statement? You can. Uh, as well as the greenway uh, for the uh, special coloring of the buildings and um, for 
the four design elements. Okay. Yes, you said a point of order, sir? Yeah, Madam Chair, I wanted to ask uh, Mr. Rogers if you can make a motion to call the question before there's been any discussion on the underlying motion. That's literally the point of calling the question. As a member of the National Association of Parliamentarians myself, yes, I know. Yes. It uh, is correct. I, I don't know if this mic is on, but the answer is yes, you can call the question. Calling the question stops debate. What, how does it stop debate when there was none on the, on the underlying motion? At any point. It never started. A motion to call the question would stop the debate. I believe there's already a motion on the floor that Mr. Higgins has made. That would be an, a motion to amend. That would be to call the question on that motion. On the motion to amend? On the motion to amend. Mr. Rogers, I believe Actually, that, you that said was ruled it was out, out of order. order. That's the motion that was on the floor. The amendment was ruled out of order, so I called the question on the original motion. Um, I'm going to leave this to Chair Volpe. I did not hear the motion being ruled out of order. To me, this was an appropriate request of the applicant who indica they indicated what they could and couldn't do. So if, there w if Mr. Higgins' motion is still on the floor, then that would be the motion that you would have to decide. Yes, but his motion was that they would increase the open space to 70 percent, et cetera, et cetera. And you stated you can't make those type of demands. You have to ask. That is correct. So then we just went through and asked, and they said what they could agree to. So I would prefer Supervisor Myers basically asked the question, and it was my understanding from you that those that motion should not have been done that way. Is that correct or not? You, you cannot legally enforce that motion is what I'm telling you. Okay. So then, indeed, we were correct. The motion was out of order. Okay. And Supervisor Meyer has done a motion to call the question so that we would go to the original motion that was presented by uh, Supervisor Umstead. Now, the motion on the table is to close discussion. All those in favor of closing discussion and going to the main motion, say aye. Those opposed? No. Nay. Okay, that will pass 3-2. We are to the main motion. All those in favor of the motion as presented by Supervisor Umstead with the two additional uh, conditions uh, that have been accepted by the applicant, say aye. Those opposed? No. no. That motion will carry 3-2. Seeing no more business before the Transportation Land Use Committee, I call this meeting adjourned, signee die.